Happy holidays, y'all. This is Unsuitable with Mary B. Seyfried. It's a podcast for single Christians who are trying to navigate a culture obsessed with marriage without losing our minds in the process. We offer practical tips, honest conversations with other single Christians, and a feeling of companionship for those not walking the typical Christian path. Season 11 is a holiday special mini season all about how to manage the holidays as a whole human person who happens to be single. During today's episode, you won't just hear from me. You'll also hear clips from past conversations with Jason Adam Miller, Joan Watson, and Akemeni Uwan. I've chosen these clips to create a larger arc about how singlehood can give us a fresh perspective on the time leading up to Christmas. These three are theologians, speakers, and writers, and their perspectives can help us singles and non-single folks, by the way, appreciate the particular ways God meets us this time of year. Before we dive in, give me 15 seconds to tell you about a free guide I made to help single folks navigate the holiday season. The holidays can be a wild time, particularly for us single folks. But you're not about that life. You're looking for something to help you decompress and sort through the whirlwind of thoughts and feelings so you can enjoy the holidays on your terms. I made a free guided reflection just for you. Get your free copy of Single for the Holidays at the link in the episode description or at marybesafer.com slash links. All right, let's dive into today's episode. We are recording this and this episode is going to be released during Advent, which is a season of the liturgical year that I am a fan of, and I think you are yeah. a fan of as well. I would yep. love to hear what is something that you love about Advent. Oh man, uh, it's dangerous to ask a preacher that question because it could take a while to get to the through the answer. Um, yeah, I think I'll say this year. Uh, what I'm really appreciating about it is um, the way that our community is sort of processing Advent. Uh, we've just kind of been hanging out with uh, Mary's experience of saying mm-hmm. yes to that really vulnerable thing that God asked her to do. And, um, you know, the way that for her to welcome God was to, you know, let all of her plan, her plans be disrupted for her body to be involved in a really profound and and, and intimate way. Um, uh, even for Joseph and Mary's religious world to get tossed upside down. And, uh, I've just been kind of freshly thinking about how waiting for God and welcoming God, like, like it just, I think so often doesn't go the way we think it will go. And uh, that's been a helpful reminder for me this year. There's just lots of surprises in the Advent story, I think. Um, And it's always fun to to play around with those as a community. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Like the I mean, it's a story that I've heard so much growing up in church um, and growing up in the Episcopal Church. We like really linger in Advent. I mean, Mm, like mm. no Christmas songs until Christmas Eve. Right. Right. very hardcore serious about Advent, um, which I absolutely loved. But um, so you hear the story so often and like now appreciating it as an adult, there's just so much about it that I'm like, this is a bonkers story. Like there's so much about this that like, especially now as a storyteller and a writer, I look at the story and I'm like, there is, this is, this is a wild story of how God like chose to, come to earth how god in like how god incarnated first of all is as a baby is absolutely bananas um but like it's so beautiful and so vulnerable and so incredible that like the surprise element i think yeah was something that was lost on me for a long time because the story became so familiar um but now as an adult i and a writer and a, a 
you know, person of faith, um, just have appreciated that aspect of it in a different way now. Yeah, same. I feel like for my own faith and then also pastorally, like a lot of the job during the season is to make it unfamiliar again, mm. right? So, so that you can kind of be reconnected to the, the, the irony and the absurdity and the surprise of it rather yeah. than sort of lulled into the predictability of it just because you've heard it before. Mm. Yeah. Another thing I love about Advent is that I feel like it's it's really a time to linger and pump the brakes when so much around us is like trying to rush us to mm. to Christmas. And um, to me, there's so much about that, like sitting in the darkness and the waiting. Um, that's such a and still like letting God meet us with hope and uh, surprise us with hope, I think is such a powerful thing especially in like a super dark time of the year where it's yeah, like right. literally we're recording this at 4 30 it is pitch black outside <laughs> <laughs> where i am yeah. um but i think like that's one of the the wonderful things about advent to me is and and something that i really appreciate about my church growing up was this like hold on we know that like Christmas is coming, but let's just take some time. Let's pump the brakes. Let's sit in this waiting. And it's such a reminder to me that like um, there's so much about God that we can't control mm-hmm. and that we like have to, you know, wait on God in so many ways. And that our performance, our good works, our whatever has nothing to do with God's love for us or God's timing or, you know, um, yeah, that's what I, that's something I love. About that's that really thing. strong. I really relate to that too, especially uh, like in the Amazon era mm. of uh, next day deliveries and, you know, on demand everything. Yeah. I think it's really powerful to like get formed in something different than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty challenging as well. I mean, um, I live in New York city. Um, and so it's just December is a very magical time to be in the city because yeah. everything's lit up and there's all the shop windows and there's a big tree and the ice skating and just all of the like Christmas. There are like these holiday markets at different parts of the city. And so it is very exciting and magical and wonderful. Um, yeah. But there's also that juxtaposition of it getting dark so early and being cold. And yeah. um, so it's just really interesting to, yeah, to sit in that. Yeah, I agree. I love that too. Of course, I can't hear the word waiting without thinking about my conversation with Catholic writer and speaker Joan Watson from season seven called The Misunderstood Art of Waiting. If you're like me, this is a loaded word for single folks. So I appreciated hearing Joan talk about it in the context of calling. Here's what she said. I give a talk on the art of waiting because like what you mentioned, like while you're waiting for that answer to prayer, right? So often it's not necessarily the end of the story, but what has happened to you in the story, right? What Mm -hmm. the way you've changed Mm -hmm. and what our world doesn't do well is, is wait, but our whole life is waiting and we're always waiting for the next thing. And we can spend our life waiting. And this goes with the idea of calling, right? We can spend our life waiting for that calling and we miss half our life because we're waiting instead of realizing what does God want me to do in this waiting? Because one of the spiritual writers I really love called it mystical, wishful thinking. This idea that like, oh, when I'm married, I'll be happy. Or when I have kids, I'll be happy. Or when I'm retired, I'll be happy. 
And you waste your life with mystical wishful thinking saying, I'll be happy or I'll be holy or I'll be accomplished or I'll be whatever. Then Mm. what does God want you to do now in the waiting? What does he want you to do in the meantime? And so often that's where the real work is happening and that's where the real change is happening for us. And so maybe it's not about the answer to that prayer, but maybe it's about what God wants to do with you and for you while you're waiting. Yeah. Waiting's an interesting word to use in conjunction with a conversation on singleness. I have mixed feelings about it, but it is accurate to what we're talking about. But I think that there's like that tension of activity and passivity where waiting Mm -hmm. has this kind of passive connotation that I don't know is always, I don't know, like there's an agency that we have when we're like waiting that I think sometimes gets at least in my mind, it gets lost in translation. When I hear that word, I think about just like sitting around when there's like, we've been saying so much right here and right now that like, maybe God actually has answered the prayer right here and right now. And we just like, can't see it because we think that it's going to look a particular way and we're waiting on it to be this exact thing that we think it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why that's what I kind of talk about in my talk, the art of waiting, that it's not Mm -hmm. to be spent twiddling your thumbs and just like Mm -hmm. letting life pass you by. But there's there's action to be had, right? Life isn't something that happens to you, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be, but what are we doing? Especially like, yeah, if we're gonna talk about single life, like are you just sitting around waiting? But why aren't you living life to its fullest? And why aren't you Mm -hmm. serving others? Don't spend your life waiting when you mm. should be living your life, right? And so yeah. how do we wait? You know, I have to, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Like there's that, that agency and that movement, right? I have lots of feelings about the idea of waiting, which you'll hear about in a couple weeks. But the main question that comes to mind whenever I hear someone telling singles, especially single women, to wait well is, what are we waiting for? Akimini Uwan is a theologian, speaker, and author. Back in season eight, we talked about contentment, systemic racism, and so much more in her episode called Can Singles Be Content? When I was listening back to the clip of Joan, I immediately thought of this clip of my conversation with Akimini, where we talk about blessings, the eternal perspective on marriage and friendship, and God's faithfulness no matter what. So here's what she said. And then I know singles uh, that have died. I'm one of my, my mentor who longed and longed, longed for marriage. Single Black woman loved the Lord, and she she passed away. Passed away at a very, very young age. And yeah, and never got to be, never got to be married, right? And so at the end of the day, it is the Lord that puts people together. We do our part. We do what we need to do, you know, or, or we don't. Sometimes. And you know what? Because God is gracious, God sometimes still does it. And I've seen God do it, you know, because there's this, oh, we'll do this, right? Or don't be bitter or don't love us or, you know, do this and do that. I'm like, do you know how many mean and bitter people I know that are married today? You know, and they didn't change. They didn't do this. They didn't do that to go get their, to get their man or get their, get their um, woman. They they didn't have to do all of that, you know? So I think mm. at the end of the day, I think we have to r- realize that the blessings that we have are gifts from God. We do not earn them. Mm. What we earn are wages. 
<laughs> and do we really want to earn wages from God? Because the wages of our sin is death. That's mm. okay. I mean, I, I don't think we want to earn <laughs> things from God. I don't think so. I think we want God's gracious gifts that come via blessings. And mm. so I think that, so I think there's a sense in which we have to just trust the Lord. Yes, do what we have to do. Get on the dating apps or or tell your community to, if you know of somebody, you know, I think there yeah. is a sense in which um, our faith has to be attached to something where there's, there's, there's a, there's a step of faith, you know, or, 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 mm-hmm. that, that we have to continually give, if it's your desire to continually bring that to the Lord and, and mm-hmm. bring that to maybe trusted friends, you know, um, Hey, can you look out? Can you, you know, what do you think about this person? You know, I have my eye yeah. on this, you know, whatever, do what you need to do um, in order to get what it is that you desire. But at the end of the day, the results <laughs> and the outcome belongs to God. And um, yeah. I think that's hard to accept for people because it's just not marriage is not a blood bought promise. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Everybody's not going to get married. And despite people's, you know, beliefs and and wanting it to be a blood promise but it's not in there it's not in the book y'all it's not a blood promise so what are you going to (laughs) do if it's not in god's will for you to be married you have got to find by god's grace contentment right um Mm -hmm. satisfaction because we know that godliness with contentment really is of great gain but it's hard to get there it, it, it can be hard to get there but but yeah, I, I, yeah. So, I mean, when people say, you know, you do this, do that, do that, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can contort and do all these things, but you know, this is not, we can't earn this thing. Hmm. And marriage is not an achievement. Yeah. If I roll in college and I go to class and do all those things, you know, like that's an achievement. <laughs> I applied. Yeah. I did everything I was supposed to. Well, I don't know. They don't do SATs anymore, but whatever. I did all of the benchmarks and all of the things that are required, you know, to, for me to graduate from college. That's an achievement. Mm-hmm. Marriage is not an achievement. It is a yeah. gracious gift. It's wonderful, but it, there's no like school of marriage where I can go enroll and then four years later, I'm going to have my husband. That's that right. does not exist. It's not an achievement, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not, um, marriage is not human marriage. Let me say, you know, um, marriage between man and woman is not eternal. We yeah. will all eventually be single again. Mm-hmm. You know? And so on this side, that's the unfortunate reality, right, of what it means to love someone and lose, you know, mm-hmm. someone. But, you know, we know that that's, that's not ultimate, you know, um, marriage, you know, among um, each other is just not, it's not ultimate. But friendship is. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. friendship is that is eschatological. We will have friendships in glory when the bridegroom and the bride, the church, the bridegroom, Jesus are joined together. You know, we will all be together there worshiping around God's throne, which is just I can't wait for that day. But it's it's a good desire, you know, mm-hmm. to have, especially in this this hard world, a beautiful yeah. but hard world. if you can go with somebody you know along the journey then thank god you know but um if you if if god doesn't have that for you we have to believe and know that god does provide in different ways and we know Mm -hmm. jesus is with us even when we can't feel him that is the incredible news of advent folks While we are waiting on Christmas, we have the spectacularly incredible and bizarre news that God chose to live among us, to come to us, to make themselves vulnerable and enter into the limitations of a human life and body. 
This holiday season, you might be carrying a lot of big feelings towards God. You might be carrying big feelings about the way your life has shaken out so far. And you might be carrying disappointment with your community, church, and or relationships, more generally speaking. Pals, we are in good company. In our yearning and our longing, we have the companionship of our ancestors in the faith, particularly those who, as it says in Hebrews 11, died without seeing the promise fulfilled. We have the companionship of the psalmist who honestly laments and supplicates through poetry and song. And we have the companionship of Jesus who wept over Jerusalem, got frustrated with his people, and was tempted in the desert to take a different path from God's. So, if you're hurtling into the holidays weary and heavy laden, I hope you can honor that and find ways to be honest with God about it. And I hope that you feel God meeting you through those feelings. As always, I'm right there with you, and I'm rooting for you. It's no secret that many singles feel like outsiders in the church. That's why we've created a Patreon community. For a small monthly fee, you can get access to bonus content, plus a community where your voice and presence are valued. Tiers start at just $5 a month. Sign up at patreon.com unsuitable. Thanks for listening. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at marybeat.safrit. And follow the podcast on Instagram at unsuitablepodcast so you don't miss any updates and highlights. Unsuitable with Mary B. Safrit is a production of Mary B. Safrit, LLC, all rights reserved. That's all for now. Catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs>